Hey, welcome to Space Gab. This is Mike Coletta. It's the 31st of March, 2022. Space Gab can be heard at www.spacegabpodcast.com. And then you can select the venue of your choice where you want to hear that episode. Well, Blue Origin, this morning, launched another New Shepard mission. New Shepard, or NS-20 went up and came down. And all went well. I watched it. Uh, everything was fine. I did post some links on my Twitter feed. You can see some of the still shots. And actually, there's a link still there for the blueorigin.com site that you can actually watch the uh, archived launch if you'd like to watch the video. And my website for Twitter is twitter.com slash Mike underscore Coletta. That flight had six astronauts on it, and they're calling them astronauts now. Um, I don't believe they get the actual uh, wings, probably from Blue Origin, yes, but now uh, the FAA is putting them in a database. They're not actually uh, issuing the wings, I don't believe, and we talked about this on past podcasts. So they will be getting uh, the recognition of being astronauts for going up and coming down. Some liken it to a carnival ride. Uh, which is sometimes even more dangerous than this, as we saw, unfortunately, as um, it's been in the social media lately, where an individual fell out of one of those uh, tower rides that goes up and then comes down and then they hit the brakes. And unfortunately, this individual fell out of the seat and, and, and crashed to their death. But um, New Shepard made it up and down successfully. Uh, I, I know I was watching one of the... Uh, news organizations and they were saying certain things when they saw the the drone shoots come out they were thinking those were the 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 parachutes that you know bring it down well it's not it's actually the parachutes that start slowing the capsule down and then the the larger shoots uh come out the three larger shoots and that all showed and then they the individual said wow it looks like they had a hard landing because there was a lot of dust and everything and i don't think they realized just before it lands it it fires uh, retro jets uh, and then to slow it down, and that's what actually pushes all that dust out. So the mainstream media, you know, and I'm not an expert, of course, but the mainstream media sometimes, you know, doesn't really research what's going on, and it's more the sensationalism of it, and this morning's broadcast was definitely more of the sensationalism. But, hey, at least they did cover the launch and the landing, which was uh, more than a lot of these uh, news medias do. So New Shepard, NS-20, with the six individuals, went up and down and landed safely. Well, let's talk about HARP for a little bit, and it's space-related. The HARP, the High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program, it's the subject of many, 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 many conspiracy theories. You can find it everywhere on the web, and in books, and on the radio, And in podcasts, a lot of people, a lot of people think it controls the weather still. Thinks that everything that's going on, when you see a thunderstorm happening, somebody will tweet out harp. And when you see a a cloud floating in a weird pattern, harp. When you see a lot of snow coming down, harp. When you see a tornado, harp. When you see a hurricane, harp. When you see sleet, hail, 
Wind of many degrees. Harp, 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 harp. Well, guess what? Most of the time when you see these tweets, harp is not even active. It's not even on. But it's been on lately, and there's a reason, and I'm going to talk about that. Because I've been, in past, I've uh, looked at these HARP uh, RF campaigns. They actually tell people that they're going to be on at certain times. Because a long time ago, HARP got a black eye because of some of the things they did. And um, yes, they did a lot of things back then. And just recently, some FOIA a Freedom of Information Act uh, request brought out a bunch of the HARP documents, a lot of the HARP documents, the Black Vault on Twitter and on, I think it's the blackvault.com. And uh, I do have a link to uh, the HARP documents on my Twitter feed, twitter.com slash Mike underscore Coletta. If you'd like to look at the documents, there's quite a few. And yes, I followed HARP for a number of years. I read a couple books and I thought, whoa, well, HARP, has done some of the things they've been accused of in the old days. Uh, and the government ran it and, and different things. You could read that in the documents that the government actually released. Yes, they were guilty of some of the things, but apparently they don't do those things anymore that we know of because they're not on much. They were probably only on um, about probably 99% uh, of the uh, time they're off and on you know, <laughs> the remainder and they mostly will tell you when they're on because they want to know, they want to get reports from amateur operators. And I've participated, like I said, in a number of their campaigns. And I have placed my results, my captures of the harp signals. Uh, and they're, they're numerous signals of what they do and what they did. Uh, anywhere from different cool-looking wave patterns to actual uh, slow-scan TV images that they've sent and audio and I do have those if you want to go um, to my website. It's, uh, this one is ko5aok.com. ko5aok.com. That's my amateur radio call. And that will take you to my QRZ page. And near to, toward the, you know, below, probably about, I don't know, about a quarter of the way down, you'll start seeing those harp uh captures that I share, i got to put a few more of them because HARP is once active again. It's been active since right around the March 24th time frame. And uh, I only recently found out about this. So for the past three early mornings, I've recorded HARP signals. It's nothing like what I captured in the past. These signals are more in support of experiments. HARP is actually involved in a couple of experiments. And they're assist, assisting NASA in one case. And then I'm not really sure who the other one is. It's Every evening, they are doing something called the HF Ocean Scatter uh, Experiment or support. And this is when you, HARP will um, turn on its uh, transmitters, which there are numerous, steer them at a 30-degree angle uh, from uh, information I've received from past uh, HF ocean scatter uh, activity, and then they will pulse or uh, modulate a signal. And the signal uh, in this test, I'm told, and based on some data that's been sent out to amateur radio operators and others, they're transmitting a 3.6 mega 
watts. 3.6 million watts. And that, that combination of all their transmitters at the same time, the ones that they're uh, turning on. And they're sending that at, uh, that, as I said, uh, that 30-degree uh, angle uh, at a frequency of 6,800 kilohertz, which is 6.8 megahertz. And that's being pulsed or fed, modulated. And what's happening then is they're bouncing that signal, that harp signal, off the ionosphere. And it's bouncing downward into the ocean, whatever ocean they're, they're looking at at the time. And um, those signals are then received either from some other ground stations. And in this case, uh, I think it's a, a satellite. And you could read more about it if you actually Google um, HF ocean scatter uh, experiment or, you know, routine or mission uh, on, you know, and HARP. Maybe you had HARP into that also. You'll find it, and it talks about more into it. But um, then satellites pass over, and that's why HARP does it at a certain time every night, and that's what they broadcast. That's when we go and look at those certain uh, time periods, and that's when you know HARP will usually start up before that, make sure that its signal is going over there, and, and painting painting a RF signal on that portion of the ocean, and then the satellite goes over and receives the data, and wh however they whatever software they're using and gathering with via that satellite, it's fed into wherever, and then you know they analyze that, and they're looking at things like um, the height of the ocean, the waves, the height of the waves, the ice pack, how thick is the ice, things like this. So that is um, the HF ocean scatter experiment, so that Harp's involved with that, and that happens every night. Uh, that it's been going on, I think, from the 24th until like April 2nd or 3rd, it's going to stop. And uh, I do see those those signals all the time. But there's another signal that's being seen by uh, many of the amateur radio operators that we're reporting, and that is from a second uh, experiment, and that involves a rocket launch. And these are sounding rockets, and I believe there's two of them involved. Now, I'm not an expert. Once again, I'm going to just give you some layman's explanation here. You can research that on your own if you'd like to, you know, just search and then find it. But this thing, they're sounding rockets, and they're being launched out of, uh, was it, Poker Flat Research Range, and in cooperation with, uh, I guess, with NASA in this case. And what the first rocket, I understand, is filled with a chemical, uh, barium, I think it is, um, I'm pretty sure. But um, that rocket is launched, and then that rocket releases the chemical at certain altitudes as it reaches, you know, toward the ionosphere. And um, it goes, I think I saw it play like 80 miles, and it might even go further than that. But um, this barium is released, and I guess it spreads, and um, once it spreads and all this, a, a second rocket is launched that has actual instruments in it, and it does the readings and things. And maybe there's some ground readings also that go on. But where HARP comes in, HARP will actually ionize the ionosphere it sends up its pulses or you know at high you know probably the same 3.6 uh, megawatts signal and whatever it pulses the um, uh, frequency at you know how it modulates it um, it still sends it up at the 6.8 megahertz frequency and it you know, ionizes the ionosphere like HARP does and has done uh, di for different uh, reasons. In this case, it's helping to, um, I guess, they're using this barium and 
uh, to watch and see where the ionosphere, the charging particles, the par charged particles, how they act up there. And, and I think they're even looking at the magnetosphere also higher up where um, they're just they're kind of like monitoring it and seeing what happens up there when certain charges are happening up in the ionosphere or higher. And that's where HARP is coming in. That's what they're doing. They're, they're charging that ionosphere. HARP, HARP is. And then it's, it's fascinating. You know, I started reading it last night about the two experiments and so I could share it today on the Space Gab podcast because I'm intrigued with HARP as many people are. And this time they're actually, you know, coming forward and telling you what they're doing. And uh, there's a couple of Google, Google groups that, that share information. The individuals that are actually involved in these experiments share information. And it, it's, it's fascinating. But uh, I, I got to watch the harp signals for the last three mornings. And like I said, I shared them. This morning, lat, uh, the 31st, the signals weren't as high. Because, you know, this, this, chart, this um, rocket launch is not happening yet. It hasn't happened. Uh, every time they attempt to launch, there's either a weather condition that prevents it or high winds, upper high, uh, level high winds that prevent it. So HARP's been ready for this uh, to assist and support this this INCAA, which is ion neutral coupling during active aurora is what the mission is, sounding rocket mission. Ion neutral coupling during active aurora Sounding Rocket Mission, INCAA. That's the nomenclature and, and what it represents. So um, the rocket launches haven't occurred yet, but HARP is still up there and, and pulsing, and just in case they do, because they got to charge that ionosphere. Uh, unless early on that they found, I think last night uh, they found early on that they weren't going to be able to launch, but sometimes they don't, don't know until the last moment. So HARP will sit there and pulse, and I have captured those pulses up to that moment. Now, like I said, once HARP is done with that, it actually goes and, and later on does the um, uh, ocean, the HF ocean scatter experiment or, or support mission, and it does that every night. So it does it regardless if there's a rocket launch or not. But like I said, it's fascinating. If you'd like to go learn more, it's out there. But I have talked a little bit about it and told you um, it's not whether, you know, <laughs> most of the time when those people are out there, the conspiracy theorists are out there, oh, it's HARP, it's HARP, it's HARP. HARP usually isn't even on when you said that. It's, it's not now, but most of the time it's not because they, they're not funded anymore. Now it's run by the uh, uh, University of Alaska at Fairbanks. And they're the ones that have to provide the funding and through grants and such. And they do mostly experimentation or support other missions like this. They're not out there. Uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the secret government organizations now doing their testing. Because like I said, HARP is mostly always off and rarely on. So that's your HARP report for today. Well, apparently China is planning a new probe. Says here, spacenews.com says China to launch Einstein probe in 2023 to observe destructive cosmic events. A Chinese wide field X ray space observatory has passed a major review and is expected to launch next year to detect flashes from cataclysmic cosmic events. Dr. Marco Landbrook says, Looks like the U.S. Minuteman 3 ICBM test launch. From Vandenberg, now that was postponed on March 3rd because of Ukraine war tensions, is back in the books again for April 3rd based on 
these navigational warnings that have appeared. I do have a link to his uh, graphics and why he's saying this on my Twitter feed. But yeah, so missile test from California back on the calendar. Well, with the return of astronaut Mark Vandehey uh, just recently on the 30th, uh, coming back down in the Soyuz spacecraft, the mainstream media can rest easy. Remember, they kept hyping this story. Oh, my gosh, the American astronaut is going to be stuck on the ISS because of the Russians. Oh, they're not going to bring him back, and he's going to be stuck there. And that's all you heard. Even after they said it wasn't going to happen, the mainstream media kept hyping it. Well, they can now rest easy. Mainstream media, rest easy, man. He's back safely. And I do have some of the video links on my Twitter feed for the mainstream media. I'm sure they saw it, but what will they hype next? Well, maybe they can hype the the budget. The budget came out, and that's the defense budget, and it adds billions of dollars for the U.S. Space Force. Whoa, they can hype that. Oh, my gosh, they could use this money elsewhere for much better things like climate change control or something like that. I don't know. But they did. The budget came out, 2023 defense budget, and it added billions for the U.S. Space Force projects. And uh, there's plenty of links that you can read. You know, And I'm sure once they get the budget, any project that they had already you know, budgeted for or had planned, maybe they gave them a little bit more to do maybe some more projects. But, you know, there's... I'll tell you, with everything that's going on with... Um, Russia and China and everything involved in space, the space program, um, because space is the place, as I always say, they're, they're taking note. So they're giving more money to U.S. Uh, space programs. And I think, um, I think that's probably pretty wise on their part. Sailing the Solar Seas. Spacenews.com has an article. French startup raises funding to develop solar sails. A French startup has raised an initial round of funding to begin testing of solar sails it believes can sharply reduce the cost of deep space missions. Check out that article if you're interested in something like that. Yeah, it, you know, solar sails, they've uh, tested those, and you've got stuff going on right now with solar sails. Um, there isn't, that's the kind of propulsion that they have. The sail is actually the propulsion based on uh, solar energy. And um, it could save quite a bit for deep space missions, of course, where uh, much more would be required to keep on a going way out there. But yeah, pretty cool. Solar sails. Maybe some of those uh, extra billions will be used um, with the Space Force for solar sailing or something. But I'm sure, like I said, uh, the global warming efforts and the climate change efforts and all that. And they, they are focusing a lot on that, too. So I'm sure some of the money will go to those initiatives and um, as as they you know as they will things involved in space and a lot of a lot of things you can't do on earth you can do in space so it'll be one of them um, but one thing they won't be doing for a while and it looks like there's a delay the uh, nasa to delay mars sample return switch to dual lander approach so um, space news sends out another article about that that their uh, mars sample return campaign they're splitting uh, the landing mission uh, into two separate spacecraft to reduce the risk. So um, that's going to be delayed. Although, you know, there's still sampling up there. The uh, the rover's gathering samples up at Mars, and we've talked about that. 
uh, and they're continuing to uh, load up samples and for awaiting whenever this uh, sample return mission does occur. But now, like I said, it's going to be delayed, and you can read that article entire, in its entirety. Uh, I do have a Twitter uh, feed uh, link on my Twitter feed. Another article I have linked there, uh, Space Force using Spire data to detect satellite jamming. Spire is providing GPS telemetry data to help detect jamming as part of a project run by the U.S. Space Systems Command. So there you go. They're, you know, they're, they're so worried now. They're really looking at it closely. Um, things going on in space and jamming of satellites uh, does occur. And they're finding this out. They're trying to find ways to prevent that. Just like, um, you know, in the old days when, you know, if you had a CB in the old days, you had, you had they'd be call people, hey, you jammer, you know, they're jamming your signal so you, you can't be heard. Or, you know, if they've got a higher power radio than you have, they're closer, they can jam you so you can't hear people and other people can't hear you. And ham radio, it happens in ham radio too. So ham radio and, and CB jamming. Uh, there's probably cell phone jamming of some type, um, and now I know uh, they're worried about satellite jamming, so that's some initiatives going on uh, on that. China's Tiangong Space Station just got a bit smaller. The cargo spacecraft undocked from the Tianhe module, and uh, that will be uh, deorbiting in the near future, and they're saying that it has you know debris and things um garbage and other things that uh, will be burning up in the atmosphere uh, awaiting their next uh, module that will be going up there. So as I said uh, last podcast, we talked about how the Chinese would like to invite you know, tourism up in space, um, visitors to the space station, and um, that, you know, also, I'm sure we'll see larger modules for that purpose in the future. But in this case, uh, Tiangong Space Station is minus the uh, cargo module now and uh, awaiting its next. Well, that's it. Until next time.